Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Man of the Post Extra Time. I'm your host Chris. Uh, with me this week, I've got Adam. How are you? Hello. You all right? I'm good. I'm, well, yeah, I'm all right. Yeah. I've downgraded from good to all right already. This is going to be this 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 show could be <laughs> be a crash course. If, it's gonna, if that's how quickly I've gone downhill, where am I, where have I got left to go? So by the end of it, you're going to be like a man that's just listened to a Radiohead album or something. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, so we're going to talk about the Champions League, um, Premier League games that have happened this week, uh, European games coming this weekend, and Premier League and Carling Cup. Oh, Cup. It's not Carling Cup anymore, is it? It's Carabao Cup. Show my age. Yeah. <laughs> the, milk, the, uh, the, the Milk Cup, the Worthington Cup, the Coca-Cola Cup. Have we missed any they're, the only ones I, they're the only ones I can remember. Yeah. Simod Cup was different, wasn't it? I don't remember that. Do you not? But... I think it was a different one. I think Everton won that a couple of times. Well, they've never won the Carabao Cup. No. No. Or any of his other other incarnations. There's always time next year. It's always next year, doesn't it? Yeah. Go on, Frank. (laughs) Uh, Right. Bayern Munich never won it either. No, they haven't. Have they? I need to talk to you about Bayern Munich later on because I think think you've cursed them. Uh, Right. Okay. So uh, we're going to start the Champions League on Tuesday. Chelsea 2, Lille 0. Kai Havertz missing two chances before getting one on the eighth minute, and then uh, and Gareth Kante with a rather sort of driving run from midfield um, before laying it off to Christian Pulisic, who slotted away in the second half. Um, and Romelu Lukaku who had the best seat in the house because he was on new substitute, wasn't he? Having the pressure taken off him. Yeah. By, by everyone talking about how he's a substitute and didn't come up. <laughs> exactly. Who do you blame for those seven touches? The fact he only had seven. Do you blame him or do you blame the system he was told to play in? Uh, I would blame the, I think I've been inclined to blame the system that he was told to play in mm, I've been thinking that as well he's he's that he's not that kind, he's not he's not Wayne Rooney right he's not going to, someone who is gonna go and find his way into the game mm. like he, he has a role he does his job and either the team didn't play to him, in which case you blame the coach or you say, why is he there? Or or the team just played badly, I suppose. Or that was, the, like I said, that's a, like, you don't know what the, over, it depends what the team was trying to achieve overall, but I tend to think it's not his fault. If, again, if I was to, if you were to think of it as Wayne Rooney, if Wayne Rooney doesn't run, you think, oh, that's not what, you're not doing what you do. Mm. But, he was doing what he does and what they paid the money for and yeah I 
I tend to not point the finger at, uh, at Lukaku for that one. Do you think he's got the same opinion of Selhurst Park as you have, and he just wanted to get in and out of there as quick as possible, <laughs> doing as little as possible? <laughs> this place is a shit. I'll get me out of here. Adam Scott Allen was right. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you make of this Chelsea performance? Um, I've, I've, I was, I, I was a busy man on both Wednesday, on both Tuesday and Wednesday, so I've only seen the highlights, but I have seen the highlights, which yep. is a step up. Um, <laughs> There were two pretty comfortable goals, really, weren't they? Um, I really liked. I thought Pulisic took his goal really well. Um, a really sort of nice touch and finish from the part, like you said, from the the pass from from Kante. Um, uh, they were just rather rather comfortable, which is just maybe what Chelsea want is the 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 gear that Chelsea need to get themselves back into because that's what they were at their their peak at their peak that they've been under Tuchel so far they've been comfortable that's what they do they make games boring and comfortable and they almost make and seem easy at times and this was what I thought I, I felt that that's what they were I don't feel that Lille really tested them the only time I can remember the Chelsea goal being in any danger when it was a deflection I think off of Antonio Rudiger and the ball sliced over the bar I can't remember anything yes. off of yeah, yeah, Lille's yeah. own making yeah that was still, I think, and Glenn Hoddle and whoever the commentator one had to really over-egg that as to how much danger they were. I, I felt they actually were in. Yeah. Oh, but he... Jonathan David uh, was playing on the 22nd of the 2nd, 2022, wearing number 22 on his 22nd birthday. Didn't score two goals, though, in the 22nd minute, did he? No. Uh, have you seen the little video of the clock ticking over towards that? So obviously it's got the date and the time and year and all that sort of stuff. But it's also got the temperature being 22 degrees. And just as it flicks over to 22 seconds, it goes down to 21. And you can just tell the cameraman was very, very annoyed because he'd been there waiting all bloody day for it. 22 degrees? Where was this? I don't know where it was. It was literally filming this digital clock in a factory or something. Guess... Oh, right. Well... It wasn't a Stamford Bridge. I was going to say... <laughs> I don't remember cycling home on, on Tuesday night in 22 degrees. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, poor old Lille. I mean, they won the title last year, but they lost their manager. And, um, yeah, it's just falling apart for them this season. They're not even going to qualify for the Champions League. And they're probably going to struggle for Europe, to be honest, in France. Um, also, in Tuesday night in Champions League, Villarreal won, Juventus won. Uh, this on Vlaivic scoring after 33 seconds, starting to repay that £58 million back that um, uh, they signed him for. Um, he yeah, said... point, point, point of pedantry is that the commentator again was obsessed with talking about how it was his first touch, even though he took a touch to yes. bring the ball out of the air. Yes, I noticed that and it annoyed me as well. <laughs> I was like, well, how, how did he control it then? Yeah. Like, but it was a lovely finish. It was a lovely finish, finish, yeah. Right across, instinctive, right across the goalkeeper. Just like knew his angle perfectly because it goes in off the post, doesn't it? I think. Yes, that's right. But yeah, when you when he said his first touch, I thought I swear I saw him take a touch. So yeah, yeah. I had to watch the replay, same as you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he said, "Quite, quite." It was huge to score on my debut. However, I can't be hundred percent satisfied as we haven't won the game. Um, Giovanni Lacelso also hit the post for Villarreal. Um, they sort of went kind of close later on. Um, yeah, lots. Of, yeah, Lacelso in. Um, so there was a lot of 
I watched, like I said, I watched all the highlights, and I watched, this was the game, the highlights of this game one last, mm. and the Ajax, the Benfica Ajax game, which we'll talk about, obviously talk about, that was on the next day, were, were before this, and the, there were two parallels I want to draw between that is, one, in this first game, how rubbish is, how rubbish was the refereeing, and how um, Rabio was not sent off. Yeah. Even on VAR as well. That didn't pick yeah. it up. That was a horrible tackle. Horrific, horrific tackle. And um, it did seem like there was a competition in, across the Champions League to see absolutely how much space um, a team could give to an attacking player in, in the box. Um, and I think Juventus won because... Um, who was it who scored for Villarreal? Uh, it was Piquero. I mean... What, couldn't, didn't have someone within 10 yards of him and was about a yard away from the <laughs> penalty spot when he scored. Like, absolutely shambolic defending from Juventus. Going back to that Rabio thing, one thing that always, always impresses me about footballers is the fact that they steadfastly convince that they never do anything wrong. So they're never convinced the ball goes out for a throw-off them. They never believe they've ever done a foul, ever, and will argue till blue in the face of the referee. Rabio must have known what he's done. But, you know, absolutely pleading his innocence with hand gestures and everything in front of the referee always impresses me that with footballers. Um, apologise. Sorry? I said never show weakness, never apologise. Yes, yeah, never apologise, never explain. First rule of Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wednesday um, in Madrid, Atleti drew 1-1 with uh, Manchester United. A lovely diving header from João Felix uh, and then an anti Alanga equaliser on the 80th minute. Um, do you want to talk about that, Joe Felix had a... Oh, it was... It, that was the... Uh, oh, that's a textbook diving header, wasn't it? It was. It was just lovely. The, the timing just, just came onto it. Came onto it. And just everything about it was, was beautiful. De Gea had absolutely no chance. All diving um, headers of mine are judged on uh, are judged against Zlatan, uh, Zlatan uh, Henry Larson's at Euro two thousand and four. Well, what about the um, okay? So where does the um, where does the Robin Van Persie World Cup two thousand and fourteen? Yeah, two thousand fourteen. Yeah, it was header against Spain. Not as good because if you look at the Larson one, it's outside the area. Yeah, it doesn't matter. A diving header. <laughs> That doesn't matter. You look at the look at the Larson one. He literally just has to dive. He doesn't have to move his head or anything. If you look at the Van Persie one, he has to flick his head a little bit, which I guess technically makes it the better goal. But aesthetically, it's that uh, Larson one. Right. Well, I need to re-establish myself with the Larson one, so we can do some we can do some live. Go on. Larson. I'll do some filling in You're here. All right. Yeah. Uh, Rhea Ferdinand said you know you were quote unquote lucky and poor tonight um, yeah they were absolutely absolutely atrocious which game did he score it in was it against Italy was it against Bulgaria 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 right clip's only 17 seconds long so no that can't be it it's not against Bulgaria so, what was that tapping? hold on <laughs> right okay Um, I've seen it. Yeah. I, I disagree. I'm, I'm team Van Persie. Are you? Yeah. Boo. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Man United were atrocious. Absolutely atrocious. I think. Um, I think I, I I was watching the uh, 
the highlights and they were probably a bit on the BT show a bit more extensive for the the British team so um, they probably showed a little bit more and I think in the first half the only thing that counted as a Manchester United um, chance was um, was a Ronaldo shot that went about five yards wide yeah from about 30 yards that was all that they seemed to muster then there was the the goal was good the goal was well taken it was a nice pass um a nice assist into um Elanga's um path from um from Bruno Fernandes are you blaming uh Oblak at all I was going to talk to you about this like Oblak's lost a little bit lost his sparkle hasn't he yes have you listened to Football Weekly today no Ah, okay. So Sidlow was on there talking about it, and Sidlow says this season, looking at Oblak, there's nothing you look at him for and think, "Oh, yeah, you should have done better with that goal." But there's lots of times you look at him and think, mm, "Could you?" So you know, it's, there's nothing out and out his blame, but there is sort of question marks about his keeping this season. If you see the difference, like yeah, yeah, it's no howlers. Come on, mate. Yeah, like, you're the best. You're the best goalkeeper in the world, supposedly. Yes, exactly. Which I don't think he is at the moment. I don't know who it is. I'm not anointing anyone, but I, he, uh, he's not at the top of his game right now, is he? No, I don't think he is. I've seen a bit of Atleti this season in my Premier Sports, and yeah, there's nothing watching him that makes you think, "Wow, he really is the best keeper in the world." Um, I listened to, I watched the highlights, and I listened to it live. And the commentary I got on Radio Five was, uh, "He's he was United are uh, pretty poor." But one, that, but they also talked on the radio about um, Atleti are really going to pay for this lack of uh, potency in front of goal. And I looked oh, afterwards. So well, yeah, they had they, they hit the bar twice, right? They had 13 shots, and only one was on target which obviously was to be in the Felix goal um, that is incredibly wasteful isn't it and like I said hit the, I believe it didn't Felix and um, uh, Griezmann hit the post Griezmann did yes the bar. yeah um, yeah they were very profitable in front of goal and to, for Manchester United to take an away goal back to Old Trafford yeah you've, you've got to be feeling oh there's no away goals is there is there no away goals when did that happen um, they introduced it over the winter between uh, I think they introduced well, that, is an, that is an excellent decision well done well done football you got one right um, but okay then for Man United just to still be in the tie at Old Trafford Ralph Rangnick's got to feel like um, his birthdays and Christmases have all come at once yeah I kind of get a feeling they might be nicking it this might be when you know twice they've done it against Atalanta this season I've got a feeling this is going to this is going to be like, uh, well, not as dramatic as the PSG for for Shosha because that was a turnaround yeah. from a game that was dead. But that sort of thing where he's going to get into the a little bit of European momentum is going to yeah over some cracks perhaps. I can't see them winning the whole thing, and I think. Um, but I'm trying to think who who is excellent in this Champions League season and. Um, I think there's very good teams in it that know how to win, like Madrid and um, Bayern Munich, that could be belligerent enough to win it. But and they're all obviously not as good as Manchester United. Uh, yeah. Sorry, they're all obviously better. Sorry, than Manchester United. But could United just sort of be streaky enough, I guess, to to go much further? And I think they can be because they, they've seen it on we've seen it on enough occasions under Solskjaer and under Rangnick. 
where they play terribly but get a result. What, like a, like a 2012 Chelsea or something like that? Yeah. 2005 Liverpool, even. <laughs> yeah? Um, yeah, something like that. Uh, yeah, I hope not. No, I hope not as well. For the sake of my future Champions League watching, but yeah. <laughs> oh, it'll be referred to. I mean, the first seven or eight years, I think the only reason people stop referring to um, the 99 comeback so much is because Liverpool did what they did in 2005. If not, it would have been mentioned forevermore. And I think the only time they stopped talking about the Liverpool comeback was when Chelsea beat Bayern Munich, I think. So if United do, we'll be hearing about it until the next English team wins the Champions League. Oh, I just mean I don't want them to go any further because I don't want to have to watch them. Not because of oh, okay. <laughs> the hit, hit. I mean, yeah. I don't want them. I don't want my Champions League Tuesdays and Wednesdays to be full of Manchester United. No, and sort of like slow motion montages and things like this, and commentary, yeah. sort of commentators, sort of little asides. I've, I've got a Sky Sports subscription. I've got enough Manchester United in my life. <laughs> exactly, um, and then probably the game of the, the round. Uh, Definitely or, the game of the round. Yeah. So by Benfica two, IX two. Um, so Sebastian, yeah, Sebastian Haller uh, own goal gave Benfica the lead. Uh, Dusan Tadic. So the goalkeeping there is shambolic. For which goal? Definitely the definitely the Yamachuk goal. For that the Halla own goal. Yes. Yeah. 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 So he comes across his post, but sticks a leg. It doesn't get anything on it. Doesn't do anything. Just lets it slide right by his body. So the ball hit. Like Sebastian Haller has done nothing wrong there. Mm. Um, and Vatonga's not. Vatonga's just smashed that ball across goal. Yeah. Like. The goalkeeper should be dealing with that in the near post. That shouldn't be falling on um, f- falling on on Haller's responsibility to do anything defensively, and that's well, you see what happens when it that that is left to him. Mm. But yeah, that for the first goal. Yeah. Um, oh, no, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. That wasn't the first goal. The first goal was Tadic. Oh, what the the own goal was the equaliser. Okay. And goes the equaliser. That was a good Tadic um, goal, actually, wasn't it? So the Tadic goal is the second contender for how much space can we leave in a, a behind <laughs> the box. Yes. But the Tadic one is less spectacular. Uh, Tadic is probably in more space, but is less spectacular because he is coming from the. I'll, 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 I'm, I'm willing to turn the other cheek, um, to look the other way slightly in the fact that he's coming off his wing mm. and the, the ball is on the other side of the pitch and the players have been pulled across. So unlike the Juventus one, where there's just where people have just a complete sort of dereliction of duty in the central defence, this one's more explainable. But he's in so much space. Um, but it's a lovely ball to find him out and a, a nice finish. Yeah. So. Yeah, and then Haller gave them the lead. Yeah, and then Haller scored in the right end. And then Haller scores. Yeah, Haller scores in the right end with a goal, um, which shows. Um, some really good inks, some really good striking instincts, I think, from him because the ball comes in again and then is off the tongue and nearly scores the own goal. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Haller just reacts very quickly, and you see he um, he actually probably doesn't get any credit in that it's a tidy finish as well. But the way he opens his body to get that ball right across, because again he. He's by the near post, but he hits the far post as that ball goes in. So he makes sure that the keeper has got no chance to get up and make a double save. Mm. 
Yeah, and then uh, I, I saw something this week. I only briefly flicked through it, so I'm guessing it'll either be a newspaper headline or a tweet where um, Hallis said he doesn't blame David Moyes for how it worked out for him at West Ham. It was just, you know, it was just his, the, he didn't suit the system and the system didn't suit him. It was just one of those things. Um, the curse uh, of West Ham striking. Yeah, exactly. And then Yarmachuk scored for uh, Benfica equalising and then he took his top off, didn't he, to reveal the, uh, I think it was the Ukrainian FA logo or symbol, wasn't it? They didn't show that on the highlights. I saw him take his top off and I heard he was Ukrainian and I thought, I could put two and two together of what's going on here. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, and was th- that before or after um, um, Anthony's football headbutt? Oh, I don't know. I've seen Chris Sutton and Michael Owen talking about this. Uh, so, it was about the head injury. Or you uh, talking- um, Anthony, the, the Ajax player, Yes. does a full-on footballing headbutt sort of rutting like two players with their heads together oh okay puts his head puts his head properly into the opponent who pathetically goes down like a proverbial sack of shit Mm. like players tend to do um and again in in the world of terrible refereeing somehow only gets a yellow card it is the most cut and dry. It is one of those cases, Chris, where you, we, we've all seen that it, you can't not be... It's one of those ones where you see it and you're like, well, you've been sent off. Mm. And somehow he hasn't been. And that's going to be... I think that's going to be huge in the tie because um, uh, of the the games I've seen him play in in the group stages, especially the games against Dortmund that I watch quite closely, he's some player. He is, yeah him to be available in the second leg at home for against Benfica Benfica would have loved for him to be suspended so yeah absolutely so they're, they're my two links between the the Juve the Juve and the IX game is the two shocking refereeing decisions and two shocking defending <laughs> periods for two goals yeah no I'm, um, I'm I've been very impressed with him this season um Oh, also, a Delta Rap started. That was fabulous. As a QPR fan, I've seen him still up and about and moving around. It's even more impressive, is now he plays like defensive midfield. Well, yeah, he was central midfield. There's a Twitter account called Stop It to Rap, which is basically just tweets of highlights of his just fantasticness at QPR. Um, <laughs> I absolutely adore him. <laughs> so it's great to see him still around and knocking about. Uh, so, yeah, that's the job. Do you know what we're talking about? Um, isn't it true? I think the stories are that um, Neil Warnock, when he was a QPR manager, imposed a system where Trap would be fined if he went back into his own heart. Yeah, there's something like, because what Neil Warnock said to him, the way he got, because he was about the only one who ever got the best out of him, uh, and the way he said he did that is, you don't get upset at him for what you can't do, you praise him for what he can do. He said, if you, you want to hang him, if you, if he criticising for all the things he didn't do so you just play to that one amazing strength he does have and just let him do that and I think the players around him at the time realised you know if you're, if you're Clint Hill you know that you know you're nowhere near you're on <laughs> meal ticket yeah <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> Clint Hill and Paddy Kenny weren't going to sort of go around and say well we're just as good as him why isn't he tracking back <laughs> um, so yeah that's the end of the Champions League so Ajax I reckon of all the teams I've seen in this round, I mean, you've got your sort of traditional footballing giants, but 
other than Chelsea... Which, which Ajax are. Uh, yeah, uh, sorry, I meant the recent couple of years. Sorry, yes, you're right, Ajax are. Liverpool did well last week at Inter. Chelsea looked very good without being sort of spectacular. Um, Ajax... Man City are currently 5-0 up in those eye. Sorry? As in Man City are currently 5 Oh yes, I forgot them. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I wonder, do I uh, will Ajax be some sort of dark horse? Do you think? I think they can. I think they're a great. I think they are still a really great team. I think that they could draw. Obviously, everything's dependent. Always so dependent on the draw. Yeah. But I think that they could. Um, they could, we could easily see them in another another semi final, and then who knows what what could go on from there. But but someone's got to draw. Someone, someone in the next round has to draw whoever wins from Atleti and Manchester United. Mm. So that's a that's a gift. Yeah. Like, and then who else do you probably want? Lille, Juve. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I wouldn't worry if I got Juve in the next round. No. Um. um Sorry, Villarreal, Juve, I meant, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah, you wouldn't care which one of those you played, really. And then you probably want, if you think that PSG or Real Madrid, you don't want Man City are through, Liverpool are probably through. You'd hope that... You'd hope that my curse is only so powerful that <laughs> I can, uh, can do something at home against Salzburg. But, yeah, I think there's, a, there's an easy... There is... There's a route to a semi-final, and then it, anything can happen. Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, right, so that's Champions League. Uh, we'll talk about the Premier League because there were three games on Wednesday. So we'll start at uh, the Coliseum, where Liverpool won six-nil against Leeds. Uh, two penalties for uh, Mo Salah. Jean Matic with a marauding run into the area, a one-two with Salah, and then a, a clinical finish. That was brilliant. Um, Sadio Mane with two, and then Virgil Van Dijk at the end. Liverpool now three points behind Man City. So it was there. Um, 16, sorry, there's a sixth win in a row. Uh, City were 14 points clear of Liverpool on the 15th of January. Um, three goals in the first 20 minutes. They got 70 for the season so far in the Premier League. Um, do we have do we have a title race back on? Absolutely, we do. How can you can't be three points off? I imagine I I can't remember, but there's what 12 games left. They probably still have to play each other. Yes, in April at uh, the Etihad. Well, then absolutely, we still have a. A title race, don't we? How, how, how can we not have a? How can people be claiming that we don't have a title race when it's in Liverpool's hands? Is it? Well, you're three points off. Mm-hmm. You have a better goal difference. You win the game in April. You're level on points, and you, at the moment you've got a superior goal difference. So it's in your, it's in Liverpool's hands, right? You make it sound so easy. Well, I'm not. I don't want to. <laughs> I'm not saying that they're going to win it, but I'm saying it is in. It, it's Liverpool, like as much as it's in Man City, it's still in Man City's hands as well. Yes, because Man City win that game, but both of you um, have the title in. At, at, it's both of yours to lose. Um, uh, uh, come. The stat about the, the those points in in whatever day is probably massively. I'm guessing is massively misleading by how many games there were, because I think that Man City have only blown like. Uh, have only blown sort of like two like only blown like three points from the Tottenham game or something like that I think they drew against uh, oh they drew against somebody at the Etihad and then they lost that game to Spurs didn't they 
They drew against Palace, was it? I want to say, but they definitely dropped a couple of points. So let's say they dropped five points. Um, that's not a huge amount, is it? Uh, I'm trying to look it up now. I'm sure they drew against somebody not so long ago. So they. Uh, and it was February. in February. They beat Fulham. They beat Brentford. They beat Norwich. They beat Sporting Lisbon. They lost to Tottenham. What did they do in January? They drew with Southampton in January. Yes, and it was someone not so long ago. Um, so, yeah, since, so since January, they've dropped, like you said, to Liverpool. They've dropped five points. I mean, that's not a huge amount, is it? No. Um, um, but then I guess that they're the fine uh, margins we. Um, we play again. You, you sort of play with when the, both teams are at this level. Yeah. So what I would say is this: I know you've got a a, um, a Ross Bell uh, <laughs> a, a Ross Bell reports to um, to give us in a second. I don't know if he has any if it's uh, match specific or about Leeds overall. But I would say that the first penalty I thought was incredibly soft. Remind me. I can't remember. The first penalty is the one that's given for handball. Oh, I thought that was a little tough, yeah. Um, the second penalty is a nailed-on penalty. That was the Luke Haley one, wasn't it? Yeah. The um, the Matip goal, you, my question is, what the fuck's Matip doing? <laughs> that was fabulous. Yeah. Well, yeah. If, if, and I can, I, it's one of those things that you really love as a, a, a supporter of your team when, you're, when you've got a centre-half doing that. And I suppose that is probably, if you're brave enough to play like that, that is probably one of the best ways to expose a Bielsa team because are yours for he goes man to man in midfield are your forwards going to track a centre back running in all the way back into their own six yard box no, probably not no um, and then yeah like when, look, when it's free, when you're three nil down after 35 minutes and just the rest is going to going to take care of itself and yeah, Mane and Van Dijk sort of just piled on piled on the misery at the end but um, go on then tell us what does Ross have to say uh, well just before I do that I just want to say about that Matip goal um, I saw a video today of it filmed from about sort of 15 different angles and when he scores uh, uh, stop going on about stop going on about <laughs> Matip Chris I'm not going to He's not going to sleep with you. He's not my Twitter profile for nothing. Um, yeah, they showed him all sorts of different angles, and when he scored, the sort of look of um, sort of shocked delight on the face of Thiago and Virgil Van Dijk. They sort of got their hands on their heads in disbelief as they're sort of running over to. Him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of all the people. Yeah, before I read this thing out about Ross, I just want to say Leeds have um, they have three points above the bottom three. They conceded thirty one in the last nine games, um, which is yeah, that's pretty awful. So um, Ross today uh, in his sort of letter to the Corinthians sent to me. Um, as I saw someone on Twitter say earlier, Leeds have been missing our 18-goal striker all season, England's first name on the team sheet since November, and Captain Liam Cooper, that's the spine of the team. If you could convey that on the pod on my behalf, along with my undying love for Bielsa, and that when he does leave in the summer, I, along with thousands of other Leeds fans, would join the Chileans as the Widows of Bielsa. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think he's right with those injuries. That That's quite a chunk missing from your team. Calvin Phillips is huge. Mm. Absolutely huge, yeah. I think he's hundred percent, hundred percent right about that. And um, 
Yeah. Whether, like, it's easy to say that about Patrick Bamford, um, and he might be right, but people we weren't ever sure about Patrick Bamford at this level, and it's very easy to sort of say, like, yeah, that was last season, would last season have been a shot, just a, a one-off, or could he, could he back it up? Yeah, we we don't know. So that is a that is there's a slight unknown unknown there. So as much as I'd love to point and say, yeah, we're missing our uh, our goal. and I can actually if I was if I was an Everton fan, I'd point out how many games Dominic Calvert Lewin's missed mm-hmm. and how how different that is to last season and how the effect that's having on on their form. So I do get I completely get Ross's point, um, but. I also love the idea. Like, I'm completely with him. Just like football's supposed to be fun, right? Mm. And Bielsa makes it fun. Yes. Leeds are fun to watch. That game against Manchester United was fun. And you watch a team that's this game. They were. This was this was a bit of a, an idea because, as you pointed out in the WhatsApp group, it, and that. They had what was it zero xG? I don't think they had a chance. I don't, that was I don't a half remember. time, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, was that only at half time? Yes, I didn't realise that I sent it. But I don't, I don't, re- I don't realise that. I don't remember there being a Leeds chance in the highlights I watched. No. Um, on the Sky Sports YouTube channel. So, yeah, they did nothing in this game, but which is very much counter to the point I was trying to make, which was. The reason they're fun is you can go 2-0 down against Manchester United and I know they lost that game 4-2 but they went 2-0 down and got got it back to 2-2 they, they do not know when they're beaten mm. and I would rather have that manager managing my team all day long than Rafa Benitez or Roy Hodgson or Steve Bruce yeah Sean like do you know what I mean yes yeah have it be fun have it like be Look, if you can't if you can't be elite, be cavalier and try and, and be fun. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Ross was saying today that uh, it looks like Jesse Marsh is going to take over at Leeds once um, Bielsa goes. Jesse Marsh, uh, who was at RB Leipzig before that, he was at RB Salzburg when they were in the Champions League with Erling Haaland. Of course, Erling Haaland is a, um, Leeds, a Leeds fan. fan. So yeah. next season, when they're in the Championship playing Cardiff and Rotherham, Erling Haaland will be banging them in. Yeah. Sixty-five million pound that release clause, isn't it? Sixty-five million euro. Yeah. So, I, who, um, knows the, who knows what the euro is? Like? <laughs> um, it's worth looking up the Jesse Marsh team talk um, against uh, a half-time when Salzburg were playing Liverpool. It's um, it's a very passionate speech he gives in uh, a mixture of German and English. Uh, and it's quite cool, actually. It's quite a good thing to look forward to. Uh, quite a good thing to, to watch. Um, OK, what else have we got? We've got Burnley 1, Spurs nil. Ben Mee scored. Um, I wrote Spursy, exclamation mark, uh, because they got this result after the Man City win. And I think most people did predict the fact that it would be a Spurs thing to do to lose to Burnley after beating Man City. Um, Conte came up with a few things afterwards. He said, if the problem is the coach, I'm ready to go. Uh, I'm here 20 hours a day for Spurs, and the other four hours I sleep, but it's obviously not enough. Uh, it was their ninth Premier League loss of the season, which is actually as many as Burnley. Um, it seemed very Spurs, and I think, like I said, a lot of people saw this result coming after the City win. They either said it in jest, or they've sort of been here before and, and knew it. 
the fun thing is you can say it and just all you want, and the times it comes true, just your, <laughs> your, confirm, your confirmation bias sticks in, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, exactly. Um, I was, So a couple of things I took away from this is the weather was absolutely atrocious. Yes. Um, we're, now they're gone, and they've been gone for a while. Burnley is very, very much for the new wet and windy night in Stoke, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it has been for a while, isn't it? Again, every single highlight that involved a um, a Burnley chance was a long ball in from out from a free kick out wide. Yeah, it was all set plays, um, and Tottenham had the chances. It just didn't didn't take them the weather Harry Kane hit the bar um, uh, what's the name of the winger they've signed to I who um, oh Kulisevsky yeah the one, the one who I'm not quite sure who he is and where he came from he just appeared there one day <laughs> I'm out of touch I don't know who you um, he had some good chances Son like they had chances in this game yeah they just didn't didn't take them um, um, I think that's a bit of a not a power move by Conte, but it is a power move, right? Mm. Not like that's asserting a position and sort of like daring, like it, it's calling a calling a bluff, or maybe maybe it's just addressing something and getting it out of the way. I don't know, but I think I think it's probably a smart move. Um, do, do you think it's a man that's realised he's made a mistake uh, in joining Spurs as manager and is looking for a way out and maybe sort of? Coming out of quotes like this is a way to give him the get him the heave ho. I've silenced him, listeners. I don't. Um, just looking at the table now, and they are what they're. F- they're three points behind Arsenal. Arsenal have a game in hand. And they've got a minus goal difference after 24 games. They have got a minus goal difference. <laughs> but they are... I'm just looking to see where they get. And apart from Arsenal, they're a... Well, even with Arsenal, they're a win away from fifth place. Mm-hmm. West Ham are in a bit of a false position. They played two more games. Well, and Manchester United, actually. Hold on. So, well, given that minus goal difference, there would have to be a hell of a turnaround to get that fifth place. But yeah, I see what you're saying. Especially because Wolves yeah. are winning at the minute. Oh, Wolves play today, are they? Yes, they're playing Arsenal okay. now and I'm winning. Oh, Arsenal. Well, that benefits. That kind of benefits Tottenham as well, though, right? Because Arsenal are above them as well. Yeah, so. but I guess if you're looking at the BBC Sport app now, then that is in play. That table. Is it? Yeah, they normally keep it up to date, don't they? No, this is as it stood. Let's have a look at. As it thing. stands, yes. So. No, this one says the thing I'm looking at says as it stood because it's on the. Um, Oh, okay. So Arsenal are eight. Uh, sorry, Spurs are eighth on thirty-nine right, points. Now I'm seeing right. So yeah. Now I'm seeing it right. So, right, they are two. Right, so they need an. They win their game in hand. They'd be a point behind Wolves. And they win their other game in hand. They'd be a point behind. They, they could if they won their games in hand, which is a, a big if. But if they did and things sh- shook out the right way, they could end up being a point off fourth place. Yeah. Um. And I think that Conte is one of the best managers in the league. I I don't think he's made a mistake. I think that I think he's some. The, where else would you go where you could could be backed as any more than Tottenham? I think that it's probably a good place to be. I guess. So. Oh, do you want to know who that Spurs game in hand is against? Uh, it's going to be against like Man City or something like that. No, though, it's isn't it? Arsenal. 
Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> oh, yes. Because Arsenal cried off and had that game that game cancelled. So that's even better. Again, yeah. Spurs have... I mean, things could go terribly because they lose that game against Arsenal things, and it compounds things. Mm. But the opposite is also true. They have, Again, when we talk about things being in their hands, or in someone's hands, like, they've probably... With the fixtures they probably have left, they probably could get get Champions League football if it was uh, if they do everything right. Yeah, uh, and as for Burnley, uh, that's successive wins from them. They're two points from safety. Sean Dyche said, um, "I believe in the players. Uh, when we're right, we can comp- uh, compete with anyone." Statistically, we're strong in the second half of the season. So, bottom of the table, Norwich on. Um, uh, 17 points uh, then Watford 18 points Burnley 20 points uh, 23 games and of course their goal difference is better than other teams then you've got Newcastle on 22 points Everton 22 um, and Leeds 23 Brentford have gone up to as far as 24 so yeah they're um, they're still in with a shout because Watford had that loss to Palace uh, so goals from Mateta Conor Gallagher 2 from Wolf Zaha cancelled out uh, Musa Sissoko's goal um, lots of people talking after that Watford win at the weekend that you know Roy's in now and he's getting them all on the training ground doing those really dreary defensive drills with rope tied around each other um, the players are rope tied uh, well yeah and then they pull off a, <laughs> a result like this so yeah they're still dreadful I, I think I really like this I like I like I, I as much as I hate um, Selhurst Park I really I got a soft spot for this Palace team this year I like I them. do yeah I do as well they've got some good players that, the Conor Gallagher goal was that touch is spectacular. Yes, um, and it just opens up and just I just love that feeling. I just I hope that um, I hope he doesn't go back to Chelsea. I hope. Yeah, I kind of hope they keep him for a second season on loan, which he might well need. I don't, I don't think I can deal with another um, Chelsea midfielder going to Crystal Palace, showing some intent like um, Loftus Cheek did, and then just turning into like. Loftus Cheek is making a lot of money and wasting his career. Yeah. Um, yeah. If I was him, I'd go back on. I want to go back to Palace. I want to see someone like him playing. Yeah. He, he's. He he might not be good enough for Chelsea. He he probably is, but he might. Or he, he might not be good enough. Or he might not see the way that they want to play. But go out there and find a team that does want to play that way because he is um, a talent. Yeah. And lots of people criticised Phil Foden for not going out on loan at Man City, didn't they? And, you know, he's obviously proved the benefits of I that think, by staying. I think, I think there are differences. Yeah. I mean, when you're... When you're... Uh, yeah. When you're very much entwined in a, a team that plays you uh, plays a certain way, um, and there were lots of specifics and, and things that I needed to that to play, like learning from Guardiola I know that Tuchel has things like that as well but also at Chelsea the manager's not going to stick around for long is he so let's yeah. be honest like there is no long term term project you can go out and develop your wider game as opposed to um, learning to play football the Man City way if I was Conor Gallagher at Man City I wouldn't want to go on loan if I'm Colin Gallagher at Chelsea yes I can well understand why he has gone out yeah yeah, very much so. Okay, right. So that's the Premier League games that have taken place this week. So uh, across into Europe. So in Spain, Real Madrid are top on 57 points. Uh, Sevilla 51, Betis 46, Barca 42. So it's Barcelona versus Athletic. Um, Sevilla versus Betis. It's uh, Seville derby this weekend. And Rival Carna versus uh, Real Madrid. 
In Italy, Milan are top on 56 points, then Inter and Napoli on 54, Juve 47, so it's Genoa Italy, oh sorry, Genoa Inter this weekend, uh, Lazio, Napoli, Milan, Udinese, Empoli, Juve. Um, I do France first. Uh, PSG are top on 59 points, then Marseille 46, Nice 45, so it's PSG versus San Etienne. Toile versus Marseille and Strasbourg versus Nice. So Germany, Bayern top on 55 points, Dortmund 49, Bayer Leverkusen 41, RB Leipzig 37. So this weekend it's uh, Frankfurt versus Bayern, Augsburg versus Dortmund, Bayer Leverkusen versus Armenia Bielefeld and Bochum versus Red Bull Leipzig. Right, since your transference from Everton to <laughs> Bayern Munich, uh, Bayern Munich has struggled to a draw against RB Salzburg in the league. They uh, have lost in the Champions League. They've lost in the Bundesliga and were losing, oh, they've lost the Bundesliga to Bochum and then they were losing to Greuther Firth for the bottom of the table for quite a long part of the game at the weekend. Um, do you feel guilty? <laughs> no. <laughs> Do you feel? No matter how much sorrow I bring on Bayern Munich, <laughs> I can feel guilty about anything. Any of their genuine fans have to, okay. have to experience. Okay. Instead of feeling guilty, do you feel responsible? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm a curse. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely feel responsible, but yeah, I'm not sorry. Uh, so how do you reckon they get on against uh, Frankfurt then? They're away at Frankfurt. Well, ter- terribly, I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, think, I think the sky is falling. Well, I watched the Bochum game where they lost. Um, from what I remember, they took the lead in it, and then it was just bang, bang, bang. Um, they just conceded all these quick goals in a row. Uh, the that, game... was, that was when I turned the TV on. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then Groitha Firth they were losing for quite some time I think they ended up winning 4-5-1 but Groitha were in the lead till about sort of 60 odd minutes I'm sure they were um, and then sort of Lewandowski does what Lewandowski does um, right news this is a bit of a managerial merry-go-round so um, Mark Hughes is the new manager of Bradford City. They are 15th in the league, 10 points off the playoffs. He's been out of work since December 2016, uh, sorry, 2018. Uh, only six managers have got more pre- manageable Premier League games than Mark Hughes. I'm not going to ask you to name them because I forgot to write them down. Um, he... Six managers, more games than Mark Hughes. Um, I haven't written it down. Alex Ferguson, Arsene Wenger. David Moyes got to be. David Moyes is a good one, yeah. Uh, hang on, most managers. Premier Games Manager most Premier League games Right okay so uh, Let me Most games managed in the Premier League Right okay so Top 6 Okay got them Say say all those again So Fergie Wenger So Fergie is 2 Wenger is 1 Okay yeah Makes sense I suppose Because he hung around a long time after yeah. Fergie retired. Um, Fergie Wenger Allardyce. Allardyce is fifth. Moyes. Moyes is fourth. So who's number three? Uh, Redknapp. Yes, Harry Redknapp, number three. Um, so does that mean someone in a five ahead of yeah. Hughes? Yeah. Um, I want to say Mourinho, but I don't think it is Mourinho. No, he's nine. Um, go on, who is that? So number five is Steve Bruce. Oh, God. Uh, then Sparky. Number eight is Rory Hodgson. Uh, nine is Jose. And number ten is joint between Martin O'Neill and Rafa. Alan Pardew's 14th. Well, I'm glad, I, I'm glad we stopped Rafa getting any higher. 
Well, weirdly, Alan Kerbishley is 12th, who's not been in a job for 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> don't know how that managed. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, Prime example of what happens when you try and sue your employer. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so yeah, Mark Hughes has taken over from um, Derek Adams as Bradford City manager. Derek Adams uh, left Bradford and has rejoined Morecambe, um, who he left for Bradford, uh, having led Morecambe's promotion at the end of last season. Um, Grant McCann has been reappointed Peterborough manager. He was previously the manager between 2016 and 2018. His first game will be against Hull, who sacked him last month. Um, McCann takes over from Darren Ferguson, who had three, who left after his third spell in charge of Peterborough. It's very much a managerial merry-go-round, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, you think he's playing the Premier League? That's that's lower down, right? Uh, the, the lesson there is, if you're going to be Peterborough manager, don't bother selling your house. You'll be back. Do you remember the big Ron Atkinson um, thing on Sky, where he went to be a consultant at Peterborough? No. Um, and it was a guy that was the manager by the name of Steve Bleasdale, who was hugely out of his depth. Um, he, commu- he used to commute from North Wales to or Liverpool to Peterborough like three or four times a week. He must have driven in nuts all that mileage. Um, right, rest of the news. So we've had Sexual Assault Corner. Uh, we've got a new uh, corner called War Corner. Um, so Russia has invaded the Ukraine this week. Uh, so UEFA are going to move the champion... So, uh- are these sort of equidistant away? So is it like a block where we have got animal abuse corner, sexual abuse corner? <laughs> oh, I forgot animal abuse corner. <laughs> <laughs> War corner. I, I don't want to know what the fourth corner of the block is because it sounds fucking horrific. Apocalypse corner. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, UEFA are going to be the Champions League from St Petersburg uh, for this year. Um, Gazprom have uh, been taken That'll off the front. Him. Yeah. Teach <laughs> Gazprom have been taken off the front of the Schalke shirts. The Chris Bryant MP has urged the government to seize the assets of Roman Abramovich, which I guess would include Chelsea, or unless it's sort of you follow the money and the money goes disappears and maybe he doesn't <laughs> own it in name. I'm sure there's enough companies and trusts in between that. Yeah. It also sounds slightly illegal. Just sort of like, <laughs> just government sees your property. Um, well, they're right, that's what they've, they've been on about doing. But yeah, um, I'm not sure how that works. So, uh, 20 Brazilian football... Sure I'm not sure how legally you could enforce that we're stealing this off you because of your nationality. Yes. Like, uh... And also, he'd claim he's got, he has Israeli citizenship now. He can claim he's Israeli. Yes, and remember the other week the Portuguese were going to offer him citizenship as well. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, he might be fine. Uh, 20 Brazilian footballers in the Ukraine have asked for help. They're uh, players that play probably mainly in Shakhtar, but other sort of teams in around as well. Um, they are stuck in a hotel in Kiev. Uh, the Ukraine season was set to restart after the winter break, but surprisingly won't this weekend. Um Fedor Smolov, uh, a Russian player plays for Dynamo in Moscow, has posted no to war on Instagram, so I guess we won't be seeing him play in the Russian Premier League for, um, for a while. Uh, and Luis Cortez. Um, we, won't see, we won't see him anywhere outside, <laughs> of, um, outside on the very far east of uh, Siberia. <laughs> yeah, he was building roads and railways for the rest of his life. Um, yeah. Luis Cortez, former Barcelona women's we'll coach. All have a very unfortunate <laughs> exactly. Uh, former women's coach uh, and current Ukraine w- um, women's coach is stranded in Kiev as well. Um, so other bits and bobs of news. Katriana uh, Macario and... Um, also, hold on, but to, to expand this, 
Zenit St. Petersburg are playing Betis right now. Yes. Like, like so what? We're gonna where are they, Where is that game? In Betis or in Seville? Okay. So, um, so what? Are we just gonna one? They they must have a second leg. <laughs> That'll be fun. Well, this is the second leg because Rangers are playing, aren't they? Uh, and they oh, had their you're first. Right, the Europa League, yes. They, they do that thing where they both play and they catch, so they catch up by the quarterfinals. Uh, they yes. Have that extra round in the Europa League. Well, luckily for your wafer, Betis has gone through. Oh no, sorry, it's um, seventy-seven minutes. Sorry. It's still seventy-seven. Still, yeah. Still, uh, eleven minutes left. Um, yeah. Yeah, it looks like yeah, you're going to ha- dodge a bullet here if um, that's a. <laughs> Portana phrase, um, <laughs> but the, yeah, they're going to have to. They're going to get away with making a decision if uh, if Betty's can hang on. Yes. Um, where do you stand on keep football what, what, out of football? <laughs> <laughs> on the keeping football out of politics thing? I mean, is it unavoidable or is it? You can't. The sport, sport and politics are always intertwined. Yes. So. You can't keep sport out of politics. Yeah, because um, Liz Truss, the foreign secretary, was asking football, Premier League footballers, not to go to St Petersburg. This was before they were stripped of the Champions League. Um, these are the same uh, football. Sure the, quali- the quality thinking I don't normally expect to come from. I don't normally think Liz Truss is going to be the the one to deliver it. But yeah, sure. No, I mean you know these are the same people that didn't want footballers to take the knee last year because it was a, a political gesture. So yeah. Yeah. It's um. Um, it's not quite football, but it's about Liz Truss. She uh, she'd spoke to Tory ministers the other day, and she said that she was really upset because um, Sergei Lavrov, the Russian foreign minister, promised her that Russia wasn't going to invade the Ukraine. <laughs> she feels very let down by him. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So Catriona Macario uh, and Mallory Pugh scored two goals each as the United States beats Iceland five 0 to win the She Believes Cup. England women beat Germany three uh, one to win the Arnold Clark Cup. That were goals from Ellen White, Millie Bright, and Frank Kirby. Um, and finally, Sven. Um, he has said Sven Goran said that North Korea asked him to fix the 2010 World Cup. Uh, draw, so they didn't get uh, a tough group on on a visit to the country. He said that uh, they said, "Can you help us?" I said, "Of course." I thought they wanted balls or trainers or something. They said, "We want a simple draw," um, and he said, "I can't really offer you that." And he said that he couldn't quite get it through to the North Korean officials that he couldn't actually fix it. Um, in the end, they got Brazil, Portugal, and the Ivory Coast, and went home in the first round. Well, they didn't all go home today. No, any sensible ones, I guess, would have claimed asylum. <laughs> Defected immediately. Yeah, exactly. Um, right, so Premier League, get your fantasy teams done early because there's a Friday night game. Southampton versus Norwich, 8 o'clock on Sky. Uh, Southampton's last night at home, they've won four and drawn five. Che Adams, in his last three appearances, has got two goals and one assist. Um, Norwich played right after during the Liverpool game. They, they took the lead, obviously, and held out for a few minutes afterwards. Um, they can take a bit of hope and carry that hope into this game, can't they? So, because it's just me, you haven't bothered to work out which derby this is. Because you don't like hit normally, do you? Yeah, but I thought that if anything, that would be a bigger reason for you to do it. Uh, it well, okay, Nathan Redmond then. <laughs> Lazy. <laughs> I haven't done any derbies, to be honest. No. I didn't have the time. 
this is going to be fun. We'll do them all on the fly. <laughs> I've got to be honest. Um, I've been on leave the first three days of this week, and because I've not been at work, I haven't had time to do it. So make of that what you want. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, uh, no, not, no, I don't have a chance because they're terrible. I sometimes are not on a good run of form, um, and are generally a bit better. Like I think that it's going to be too much for them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Southampton seem to have lost. Southampton have lost in 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 the last four games. So. Yeah, but they seem a very streaky side. Bad. They seem a team that will. Oh yeah, if you look at that, look at that form. It is lost, draw, win, draw, win. Or there'll be like sort of three wins followed by five losses or something. But they're currently in tenth. So that speaks for itself. Yeah. Just average. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, Saturday. Exactly. <laughs> Saturday, uh, 12.30 on BT Sport is Leeds versus Spurs. Only Rafina and Rodrigo scored more than one Premier League game um, goal at home for Leeds this season. Um, that's obviously pretty uh, worrying for Leeds. Um, Antonio Conte has got a 76% win rate on a Saturday. That is the best record of any manager who has managed more than 10 Premier League games. Sure, yeah, sounds good. Um, I mean, he, did, he, did, he did turn up in the title and then get sacked. So. <laughs> but that first statistic, that lead statistic, that's obviously uh, that's very much a worry for them, isn't it? Especially if they're dropping Rafinha like they did at the weekend against um, United. Yeah, it's an odd choice, isn't it? Mm. We're, <laughs> we're in trouble. Let's drop our most talented player. Yeah, I, I guess he must have been out of form or injured. I don't know. I don't know. Russell, tell us more. Yeah, he's listening. To this, he's shouting at this point now as he's walking Rufus. I asked him. I asked him. I said you can come on if you want, and he said absolutely not. Bearing in mind they lost six <laughs> 0 No, that doesn't. No, I just mean he's just shouting at us for not knowing why. Um, why Rafinha was dropped? He's like, oh, okay. That's because he was dropped. Um, actually. Yeah. Uh, I'm always very much on the the lead bandwagon. It's difficult to be to continue positive about it. I'll enjoy it. I'll watch the game. Um, I think that uh, I think that Spurs will um, come out the better but this is Leeds flakiness versus Spurs Spursiness isn't it <clears throat> yeah but you think the, the Spursiness will win or the flake, I mean, the, the flakiness will go on I think these are very much two of the, of the much better um, of the better coaches in the league but I think that so I think the when you have those two things and you have a Conte has the far superior players uh, that's just the, that's the basic maths I'm working with okay uh, Harry Kane has scored the second most amount of away goals in Yorkshire in Premier League history he's got 10 uh, Alan Shearer's got uh, 16 at least said Harry Shearer then but that's someone different isn't it uh, Alan Shearer's got 16 um, Brentford versus Newcastle this is fine, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Harry Kane was spectacular against City so good it was almost as if he had a point to prove, wasn't it? <laughs> so yeah, if he's and like I said, he nearly scored against Burnley as a traditions. If he keeps up any of that form, you'd expect if you're doing your fantasy football teams, you'd expect how he came to to be able to get at least a goal against this Leeds team that sort of lets in four in a, a go. Yes. Yeah, I guess so. Ten goals in a week, though, let's in, I suppose. So, yeah. Uh, OK, Brentford versus Newcastle at three o'clock. Chris Wood, zero Premier League goals in five for Newcastle. But he has got nine in 13 versus promoted teams. Did you hear about Chris Wood at West Ham last week? No. He, uh, he Chris Wood kept making meowing noises to Kurt Zuma, 
which caused uh, Craig Dawson, Kurzuma's central defensive partnership to a partner to complain to the referee. Excellent. What did the referee say? <laughs> uh, grow a pair, I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Newcastle and beaten in six. They've won three, drawn three. Um, yeah. yeah, both teams um, uh, have, got, have, got four, have got more than 40% of their goals this season from set pieces. So obviously, they'll be important, which seems weird that Chris Wood hasn't scored any. It's, it, they're so prolific from set pieces. He hasn't been there that long, though, has he? No, I guess. Uh, lots be made of Joel Linton's reemergence as a box-of-box midfielder. And Brentford haven't... We're talking about runs of form in the Premier League. Brentford haven't... Well on the Premier League because they lost in the FA Cup I don't think from what I can see here Brentford haven't won in at least six as well uh, they had that draw and I think before that they yeah, lost about five or six yeah they, they lost about five or six in a row um, on the Sunday show this weekend they were talking about Brentford doing a Blackpool yeah I thought that I, I think there are podcasts recorded with my very my own dulcet tone <laughs> that they've done enough and enough points but I you look at this and Unlike the other teams, they've played the games. The other yeah. teams have—they're there to be shot at. I mean, are—if you're Brentford, do you think that Burnley are going to get five points from three games? Could hope not. But mm. if they—if they do, you're in—you're in trouble. Yeah. Because you—I guess you need someone. Yeah, uh, you need a sort of striker that's scoring and Ivan Tony for the reputation he came up from the championship with I just don't feel he's been doing that for Brentford um, and you look at Burnley they've got uh, they've got Martin Weekhorst who can who, who's started very positively uh, bringing others into play and scoring himself Norwich I guess have got Pukki um, and uh, you no, guys let's, let's not talk about Norwich all right. Well, you guys have got Dominic Calvert-Lewin if he can get his shooting boots on. So there are teams down there with the striker who, if they get into a bit of form, can rely on them. And I don't think, um, I don't think Brentford have got that. No, I agree. Uh, Brian versus Aston Villa at three o'clock. Phil Coutinho um, has got twelve shots since joining Aston Villa uh, um, and two goals and two assists. Uh, which is the most of any player at Villa. Uh, and look at Dini, has created 10 chances for Villa since he joined, which again is um, is the most. So um, is he a Judas traitor or was he forced out by Rafa? Forced out by Rafa? Yeah. It's a I've heard, yeah, also, I, I, I just hear lots of mixed things. Those, those are two very unsurprising stats. Luca Dini creates lots of chances. Philip Coutinho takes lots of shots. <laughs> um, yeah I can uh, I, I've just seen on I've heard what you said about him and I've seen on social media and, um, and I think the guy that was on the car that was on the Sunday show who's the Everton fan I think is a bit of a sort of Judah splitter but I just yeah just interesting to get um, uh, yeah oh we're not allowed to talk about other games but it has just finished Arsenal 2 Wolves 1 90 95th minute own goal. <laughs> uh, yeah, so what do you reckon to um, to this one then, Brighton Villa? Oh, well, my feelings about Villa are well established. They're not in and danger, then they are they? And did some f- and, no, they're not in danger, but they okay. went, then they went and did some things to, to stir the pot on me. <laughs> so I'm very much staying on my Brighton train. Uh, I'm just looking at their results. So they've... <coughs> They had a win against Everton on the 22nd of January, but 
you know, they've lost to Brentford, lost to United, drew against uh, United. Yes, sorry, they played United in the Cup and lost, and they drew against the Premier League. Uh, and they've lost to Newcastle, lost to Watford, and drew against Leeds. So they're in a terrible run. Gerard out. <laughs> I can't believe I'm asking you. Yeah, get involved. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, what do you reckon to this one, then? Yeah, Brighton. Brighton, OK. Uh, Crystal Palace versus Burnley. Burnley back-to-back league wins. Um, East Edwards in a bit of a scoring streak at the moment. Um, Palace have scored in 11 of their last 12 games at home. The only one they didn't score in was that loss against Chelsea at the weekend. Um, this is going to be quite a tough, quite a tough one to call because, like we said, we both think positive things about Palace, especially when they're going forwards. Uh, but Weak Horse has started well at Burnley, and Burnley are on, obviously got those successive wins on a bit of a streak, aren't they? Well, yeah, two wins, but like I said, they didn't get their win against their, their win against Spurs was very formulaic. Okay. This, this isn't this isn't a that, that wasn't the result of a team playing playing well. That was a team with lumping balls in. Spurs not taking their chance. Do you know what I mean? This. You know what I'm trying to say this isn't. I'm not looking to burn anything in. They are playing some great football. They're going to play their way out of trouble. Yeah. They might fight their way out of trouble. Yeah. They might graft. They might outdo do do teams like that. Um, but they're not a good. They're not the one. Well, they're one of the three worst footballing sides in the league. Their next four fixtures. Um, Sorry, go. On. No, no, go on. No, I was just going to read you out their next four fixtures. So home to. Um... In fact, the next four fixtures are all at home, actually. No, sorry, three, three of the next four are at home. So they're home to Leicester, home to Chelsea, away to Brentford, and then home to Southampton. Um, of those, you can conceivably see them getting 10 points if they... Where? 10 points? Leicester are a poor team. Chelsea, different in the league than what they are in the Champions League. Um, possibly get a draw there. I can see them beating Brentford, and with a fair wind, I can see them beating Southampton as well. Leicester are in poor form, yeah. But Leicester are still better team than Burnley, and they haven't. Maybe the sometimes poor form. If, you, if we looked back, I haven't done the recent. But if you look back and see who Leicester have played, the fact that they haven't had the opportunity to play a team like Burnley as a gimme, they're the kind of things that help pad out form playing games against Burnley. Yeah. Um. I don't see them beating Leicester. I don't see them beating Chelsea. I don't see them beating Southampton. Sorry, that Burnley game, like, no, sorry, that um, Brentford game is important. Yeah. I don't see, I don't see them getting ten points. I'd be surprised if they got f- five. Ten does sound a lot now. I said it out loud. It is a lot, isn't it? <laughs> that that probably is three wins in a draw. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Manchester United versus Watford, three o'clock. Um, Roy has won his last two. Old Trafford. Manchester United have never lost at home versus. Uh, Watford in the Premier League um, and do you remember this was the meeting the reverse fixture was the game that saw Oli get sacked wasn't it yeah um, and Watford have had like what four managers since then probably probably <laughs> um, it's hard to keep track you need, it's not worth paying attention to them is it they're, they're so transient um, I mean like we, we said about Watford um uh, and talks about how ba- how bad they are, but um, Manchester United were just, just all over the place against Atlético. You can't say anything positive about them after that display. No, 
um, I still think they'll win. And um, what I meant to um, what just tracking back to the Burnley game that we cut off halfway through, I wanted to say that Crystal Palace at the moment are very much like we talked about Southampton and very streaky. Um, so I will predict that Crystal Palace will win that game as well, but like they can pull anything out of the out of the bag form wise. So I'm going Palace to beat Burnley and Manchester United to beat. Watford. All right. Uh, Everton versus Manchester City, half past five Manchester on Sky. <laughs> Since the start of November, uh, Raheem Sterling is 12 and 18 in all competitions. Um, Everton's last 16 Premier League games, they've won two, drawn two, lost 12. And Dominic Calvert-Lewin, who was saying earlier on, he's not scored in five games since returning from injury. So I was just going to read you out uh, Everton's next four fixtures, or Everton's Premier League fixtures in March. <laughs> Ten points. Uh, away at Spurs, home to Wolves, home to Newcastle, and then away at Watford. Um, they are going to... Where, where was that? Sorry, away at Spurs? Away at Spurs. on Monday. So you've got the Cup next weekend, uh, and then after that you've got... Um, well, no, you've got the Cup on Thursday, and then the Monday you play... Uh, you're away at Spurs then you are home to Wolves home to Newcastle and then away to Watford oh, I'm going to let the mask slip now but I might I've not I might try and see if I can get a ticket to the Spurs game <laughs> that's Monday the 7th okay you're only going as an impartial observer aren't you yeah 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 like a UN peacekeeper yeah exactly that exactly that they should, I'll, I'll go to the Spurs game so they can be other places because they've got stuff on yeah yeah I mean you know there's plenty of those needed at the moment so you've got to, yeah you've got to be a, an observer for them so um, exactly <laughs> um, and hopefully I'll be able to get a, hopefully I'll be able to get a ticket if it's on Monday night because no one's going to want to come to Liverpool on a Monday night um, and I've not been to the Lee Spurs stadium so I can have London bingo oh I um, we had a meeting at work a while ago and the project managers that we spoke to were the consultants that worked on the Spurs stadium very interesting yeah i've listened to a whole podcast about the Spurs stadium when it was yeah it is interesting isn't it some of the lucky so-and-sos got to go on a fact-finding mission to various stadia around the world <laughs> before they designed it that's fun isn't it yeah uh, i'm just off to dortmund yeah lucky I'll sauce. be right back yeah yeah um so yeah uh, that, that's your forthcoming fixtures so uh are you gonna t- you need to win those you need to they need to win those get that game against those games against newcastle and watford are vital yeah they're at the end of the month they're your last two fixtures of the month um so i always get a feeling everton do well at home against man city uh... i don't know why i think that but i seem to think it's a place where they struggle I'm not sure that translates into the Pep Guardiola era. You might be right. I I feel like I have a hang. I I feel like I have that same feeling as well. But I'm not sure that that's happened. <laughs> that's been around in the last six, five years. When I think about this fixture, I think about it taking place under the floodlights. It's cold and it's wet, and. Uh, it's always on a frustrating and Manuel Pellegrini's getting upset exactly yeah Manuel Pellegrini a massive raincoat losing and David Moyes caffeine himself silly that sort of thing I don't think the David Moyes and the Manuel Pellegrini year is overlapped but sure no okay Uh, Um, but yeah I get your point yeah Um, Um, we get absolutely battered (laughs) Uh, so these okay so you get battered here the four games against yeah. 
Spurs, Wolves, Newcastle and Watford. Um, what's going to happen there with Super Frankie Lampard? Well, um, Spurs are better than us. Yeah. Wolves are probably better than us. Yeah. Wolves is interesting, I'm not sure, because I think Everton are in a bit of a false position, but not that much of a false position. Um, and it does... When you add in games and like things tighten up a little bit when you add in get like it is a very confusing league table this season because of the all of the postponements. Mm. Um, um, was it the where's the Wolves game at home at Goodison yeah. or um, yes, it was Goodison. I mean. Look, if we turn things around, there could be momentum there. You could get, I could see us getting something at Wolves. I could see us getting something at Newcastle. I could see us again Watford. Mm. But at the same time, Everton just—I've not seen anything under under Lampard yet. That's made me think, yeah, all right, I don't know what they're doing. I'm just looking at the Newcastle fixtures while you're talking. So uh, their fixtures for March—they got five Premier League games in March. They're uh, home to Brighton, away to Newcastle. Uh, away to Chelsea. They can't be away. To, they can't be away to Newcastle. They are Newcastle. Oh, sorry, twat. Um, so <laughs> they're at home to Brighton, away to Southampton, away to Chelsea, away to Everton, and then home to uh, Palace. Um, you see, as well, like again, if I was, if I'm putting my, if I'm a Newcastle fan, I'm putting my Newcastle hat on. I'm hearing some winnable games there. Like if you're if you're li- living in Oxford, well, they can. What was it? Palace, yes. Southampton, yes. Everton, yes. These are all beat a winnable team. Newcastle as well. Brighton, yes. They, yeah. they are. Newcastle. <laughs> I'm in Brighton. Sorry. They can't beat Newcastle. <laughs> if they could beat Newcastle, they'd be fine. Yeah. Uh, again, you're only looking at Chelsea and thinking like, oh, I don't want much to do with that. Well, they other games. You can't always play Watford and Norwich. You're going to have to play teams that are above you, but they're beatable. They've lost Trippier, haven't they, for the season? For the whole season? Yeah. That's that's an issue. And somebody else, I think they bought, they've lost as well, and I can't remember who it is. Oh, Sam Maximum's out for a little bit as well. But they're, uh, right, they're also unbeaten in six, like they've got momentum. Yeah. Thanks for a couple of cute, cute Trippier goals, which they're not going to have. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so there's only one game on Sunday in the Premier League. That's two o'clock on Sky. That's West Ham versus Wolves. Um, Wolves got 55% win win rate uh, versus West Ham. That's the best against the Premier League opponent. Um, Mick Antonio has played Wolves uh, for a total of 820 uh, minutes in the Premier League, um, which spans 10 meetings, and he's never scored. And as he's in my fantasy team, because he's because he's a glorified right back. Well, weirdly, he, was, he used to play up front for Forest, and then West Ham started playing it right back when he joined in the Premier League, and then he's gone back up front. I keep meaning to sell him in I my... I do, not ra- I do not rate Mikel Antonio. No, I keep meaning to sell him in my fantasy team. Um, and I had this problem last week. I sold Emmanuel Dennis, and then he went and scored. So I'm sort of scared of doing the same thing. You, well, the, like we said, they're playing, you need to get Harry... You need to do whatever you can to get Harry Kane in there, mate. You think? Yeah. Yeah, definitely do, don't I? I need some good players in my team. Yeah, if you can have Harry Kane instead of Mikel Antonio, that's, <laughs> that'll be a benefit. <laughs> uh, so how do you reckon this one's going to go? So, uh, these are two teams chasing that top four, aren't they? Let's have a look how it finishes. Because, like I said, uh, Wolves have just lost that game. So, um, 
United are in fourth on 46 points. Uh, they are a point behind, a uh, point ahead of Arsenal, uh, who are two games in hand. Um, they are uh, four points ahead of West Ham in sixth, and six ahead of Wolves in um, seventh place. So, God, Wolves probably shot uh, themselves in the foot tonight. Yeah, and I would if I was. Um, oh, there's also the. I've forgotten about the Conference League. Um, I was just checking because I thought Wolves must be in there somewhere, but they're not. Um, I'm not Wolves, sorry, West Ham. Um, mm. I think West Ham West Ham are going to benefit massively from the fact that Wolves, like you said, shot themselves in the foot, playing at, playing on a Thursday night and then having to play on Sunday. A fresh West Ham team, I think, will win that game. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree. And then, of course, it's the League Cup final this weekend as well. Chelsea versus um, Liverpool. I get a feeling that Tuchel... Chelsea will make it boring. Yes. I was just going to say Tuchel knows how to win these fixtures. Um, and it'll be like uh, sort of... Uh, like orcs throwing themselves against the wall at Helm's Deep. Or <laughs> the, <laughs> the whites sort of throw themselves against the walls of Winterfell. Um, sort of Thomas Tuchel's Winterfell. And then... Um, who's going to be Arya Stark? And slay the, the White Walker. I only watched Lord of the Rings once in the cinema because it's not that it's too long and it's not that good. All right, well, we're going to have serious words about that. <laughs> have you ever read the books? No. Oh, for crying out loud. Are you going to watch it on Amazon? Because I'm cool, Chris. <laughs> don't read books. Yeah, don't read books. Are you going to watch it on Amazon when it comes out? What's coming out on Amazon? Lord of the Rings. Is it? Yeah. Uh, I didn't watch... Is it, It's basically going to be Game of Thrones, isn't it? Uh, well, I think quite similar. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't watch Game of Thrones. I don't know. Maybe if everyone else is watching it, I have to watch it to be involved. It's not your genre. You're 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 into a different kind of fantasy. Is that right? It's it's Star Wars or nothing for me, mate. Is it? See, you're sci-fi. I'm fantasy. Yeah. yeah okay. Anyway, this fixture. Um. Yeah, I reckon it's going to be. Uh, Tuchel doing a job on Liverpool and Chelsea will win two nil. Yeah, one one nil. Yeah, even. Yes, I think yeah. you could be right. I'm resigned to losing this one. So if you never have any hope, because it's a cup game, are we going to see Kepa? And because he's got he's got Kepa has got form in a oh yeah league cup final. Yes, he has, isn't he? Uh, I'm wondering if we're going to see um, Kelleher in goal for Liverpool. I I don't know what. Has he played in the other cup games? Yes, I believe he has. Is Klopp one of the consistent managers that that carries on doing that? A lot of them are nowadays. Not sure, but Keller would make an excellent goalkeeper for any sort of first choice goalkeeper for I reckon most Premier League teams. So it's not an, a huge downgrade from Allison. So I can see, I can see him starting. I'm not sure that's true. That he's not a huge downgrade from Allison. You, the first bit might be true that he might be good yes. but Alisson is one of the when we're talking about all black pulling Alisson is unfortunately up there as one of the uh, the better goalkeepers in world football that sticks to your craw doesn't it yeah it does doesn't it? well not anymore because of course you're not you know yeah well no because as I've always told you Chris my hatred of Liverpool had absolutely nothing to do with my affinity to Everton <laughs> they were too they were actually two mutually exclusive two positions that I held that just happened to overlap. Well, yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> so, that, don't worry, that position has not gone anywhere. Everyone knows Manuel Noy is the best keeper in the world, isn't he? 
exactly. Yeah. Always has been, always will be. Yeah. And then... Oliver Kahn. Before that, it was Oliver Kahn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, of course, while Noy is injured, it's uh, Sven Ulrich, isn't it? Yeah. Dead easy. Um, yeah. Right. Okay. Well, that brings us to the end of our Premier League roundup, end of our podcast. Have you got any uh, other business? No. Fabby noodles. Right. Okay. So we're Man on the Post. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Man on the Post. Uh, you can download us from um, uh, you can download us from Acast, Stitcher, Spotify, or uh, Apple Podcasts. And if you subscribe or follow, all your future episodes will fall automatically to your inbox. Any five star reviews are very gratefully received. Uh, Ali and Dave and Simon um, will be back at the weekend to review the games that we've been previewing. They might have Cal back again, who is an excellent listener. He's an Everton fan um, and uh, was a very good listener the other day. So uh, you get to hear what they've been saying. Um, no one can follow you on social media anymore, can they? They cannot, no. No? Okay, we can follow me at Chris Etchingham 77 So thank you ever so much, Adam. No problem. And always remember to keep your man on the post. <laughs>